Well, good morning. Let's try that again. Good morning. All right. Wow. We are here on Labor Day. Woo! I'm so excited to see so many of you here. I thought Labor Day, you know, everyone would be home just kind of cruising. It's kind of cold out, a little rainy. You stay home. I'm so glad you're here. And if you're with us online, so glad that you're with us here with the MBCC fam. I just wanted you um, to key in on something that I just, I heard God speak. And this is, we're winding down this series, four-part series on discerning the voice of God. When um, Vito, our worship leader, was talking about, does anyone need breakthrough here? And I just believe that God can bring breakthrough in this moment. He can do that. So let's, let's pray. Father, we want more than anything else to hear from you, God. We don't want to hear from the world. We don't want to hear from any distracting voices, God. We want to center down into our soul, our spirit, God, so that we can connect with you. So we pray that, God, these moments that we have together out of your word, that you would just emerge off of the pages, that you would come alive, God, for us. And God, in a moment that we feel like we're in the storm of life or we feel like we've just got through one or maybe we're going into one, we don't even know. God, we are desperate, God. We live in desperate times, Lord. We want so much for our nation, for our community, for our city, God, to come back to you. We know, God, there's so many people out there, thousands of people here in Mission Viejo alone that that at one time were walking with you, were part of a church, and through whatever circumstance, God, you know all about this better than we do. We are praying for souls. We are praying for people to be revived once again, God. And so we pray this house, our house, God, your house here at MVCC, all we can be, God, is responsible for us. And we pray that your Holy Spirit hit this place, hit our hearts, God, encourage us, convict us, remind us of how good you are, that we can get through anything and hear your voice. God, we pray this now in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen. Amen. All right, man, I just feel like God is up to something. He's going to do something this morning. You believe that? Um, just want to key in, next Sunday, if um, you just got in the, the, the building here, or maybe tuned in online, is our very special Mission Sunday. It's our Outreach Sunday. So I just want to remind you that we have all of our missionaries that are coming, about 11 of them, and they're going to share a little bit about um, how we get to financially support with prayers and also with teams down in mission areas. And anyway, it's just going to be a great Sunday of encouragement. Plus, it's going to be a missions fair. We're providing lunch. It's a grab-and-go lunch. It's, just, it's going to be a great time of just hearing and experiencing a little bit more about what's going on out there. And who knows, maybe God's got something on your heart that you can be a part of. Maybe your family adopting one of our missionaries for a year and just saying, hey, we're going to pray for you, write your letters, whatever you need. Could be some cool things going on, right? I need to talk to just, I just need to take about two and a half minutes just to talk to our, uh, those who call MVCC their home. Okay, um, if you're here a guest with us, we don't talk about this subject a lot. I don't hobby horse on it. Although when the Bible talks about it and when we need to talk about it, we talk about it because it's a big part of our life and that is a subject of money. But I just need to share with you uh, where we are with our uh, budget, our finances. We just approved a couple months ago um, our new yearly budget all the way through uh, next year, next summer 2024. Um, I wanted to let you know through the summer, and I realize, I, I, please, just hear my heart, I realize it's tough out there, what's happening in our economy, prices are going up, I mean, it's just up, 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 and it just seems like it's just, the economy is squeezing its, its, its arms around us, do you feel that? And so I get it's difficult. But I just need to tell you that over the summer, we um, slipped back into some... Uh, uh, fall, we've, we're falling short about $30,000 off of our projected goals. 
Now, I'm not saying that to threaten anybody, scare anybody. I'm not, hey, give us more money. It's not about that. I just want to let you know where we are so that you can be praying about that and making some decisions. Here, I'm going to ask you to do just a couple of quick things. One is, if maybe over the summer, I realize a lot of you took vacation. Awesome. Hope it was a good vacation. I didn't get one. No, I didn't. we're going to get one soon. We're, my wife and I are going to do something soon. Hoping, hoping to go to Hawaii in the wintertime. But um, if you did go on vacation or just took some time off for whatever reason, it's easy to kind of just, well, we'll catch up later, maybe in our financial giving. I just want to ask you to please catch up. Okay, if you made a commitment like every other week or every month, we're giving this amount of money to the Lord and to to the work of God in MVCC, which I hope you're doing and believing what God is doing here. Um, Just I ask again, catch up if you can, please, to do that. Um, Second is giving online really helps us. We, we don't mind, if you want to give checks or cash or anything, that, that's okay. Everything's tax deductible. But um, giving online helps us to project a little bit further out. I'll give you an example. We are wanting to complete our student ministries project and our chil- uh, mission kids, our children's uh, uh, wing right behind us here. We're about probably 80% done. It's been budgeted, but because of the shortfall, we're having to kind of figure things out now. And to be honest with you, we're in such this growth place right now. We're in such a good place. I'll be honest with you, I don't want to do that. I don't want to start cutting back. I, don't wanna, I want to keep moving forward. So um, I don't want something from you. I want something for you. And when we just give and we're generous or we, you know, I'm just giving 10% of my income to the Lord. I'm going to trust him. Whatever decisions you're making, I just believe blessings, blessings come. So, so please, I don't want to be misunderstood. Please don't send me an email. Why are you always talking about money? Come on. We don't always do that, but I want to be very transparent, open and honest with you. This is where we're at. And uh, I'm, I'm just believing we're going to catch up. We're going to keep moving forward. I'm sure you know that in the last six months, we've seen a lot of our kind of have you seen more strollers around here? Little kids running around on the grass playing cornhole. Let's go to church and play cornhole, kids. Whatever. It's great. But um, just so glad that we're reaching this younger generation. And I, that's, an, that's a testament to you, to all of us. You know, people don't, don't make a decision off of a church just because of one person. It's the general feel. What are they teaching? What are they doing? How are the people? Are they warm and inviting? Do they love lost people? Is there excitement in worship? Is there a clear vision? And I just believe because of all of us together, people are coming and it's exciting. And I don't want that to stop. I do not want to put the halt button on that. Don't want to hit the pause button. Let's keep moving forward. Amen. Also, last thing before we hit the word today. There are a couple of guys getting baptized today right after second hour. They're going to be your second hour. And I, I, just, I just want to ask you, first service folks, you, I know you're the spiritual crowd. You're up early. But um, please, please, would you just throw up a prayer sometime during the service for these two guys, um, Keith and Raphael. I'm so excited. Raphael came to our church kind of wandering down the street, living in one of the homes up here in Mission Viejo, right off Geronimo, and he was just kind of wandering down on a Sunday, saw the church sign, decided to come into church, and he's been here ever since, about three months ago, got saved, gave his life to Jesus, and now he's going to get baptized. One of the other guys' name is Keith, and uh, I was at the, I'm a member of the Chamber of Commerce in Mission Viejo because I want to just, you know, get to know as many people as possible in our city. And I want our businesses within our city to know, hey, the church isn't always trying to get something from you. We're here to bless you and help you. So I joined that with that motivation. I was looking for a mechanic to take my car to. I, I, I don't know about you, where you're at with this, but two regrets I have. One, I wish I would have gone into the military. 
when I was 18. And then the second one is, I wish I would have had somebody teach me how to fix my own car. Because I could be taking, my, I have a Toyota truck, take it in and go, yeah, it needs this, this, and this, and this. And I'm like, oh, okay, what? I don't know. $1,800 later. So I needed a trusted mechanic. You with me? So I was at the Chamber of Commerce and I saw a lady named Karen and she had a red shirt on a neighborhood car. Karen, this is not a commercial. I'm not getting any residual from this. I just want to tell you the story. So um, I uh, introduced myself. I said, hey, where's your auto body shop? Because I could tell right away she was Christian and she was trustworthy. And so um, she said, yeah, we're right off Fiber and all that. And um, I said, is there anything we can pray for you? Because through the conversation, I knew she was Christian. She said, yeah, would you please pray for my husband, Keith? And he kind of knows God, but he hasn't really surrendered yet. That was eight years ago. So uh, I've been taking my car there, you know, and just when Keith said, hey, Keith, how you doing? Pastor Zach pro- preached a message about four or five weeks ago. It was an awesome message, brother. And he was sitting right over. The first time he came to church was when Pastor Zach spoke. He's been here for four weeks now. He got saved. He's going to get baptized after second hour. Isn't that great? And my thing is, you just never know. You just, you just put yourself out there. And when God starts to move and we listen for God's voice and we're just willing to step in, even maybe in an uncomfortable area that I don't like very much, God, I know that you are faithful. He is faithful. So I'm going to talk today, finishing this series, which I'm totally jazzed about and excited about our church, really honing in on how to hear from God. I hope these last few weeks have been just encouraging for you, hopefully convicting, hopefully some learning, and most of all, some practicality of how do I hear God's voice in the midst of so much chaos out there. It's interesting to me that most of the time when God speaks to my heart, and I don't take that very lightly and I don't take that frivolously, um, I, 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 you know when God is speaking to you about something, there's an internal whisper of God's voice that he's speaking in your spirit. I've never, in the 36 years I've been following Jesus, I've never heard God audibly. Not saying that God can't do that. I've just never uh, experienced that. But I've experienced where I just knew that God was speaking. You with me? Yes. And we always check it out. We've been learning. We always check it out by the word of God. We do not just, well, God told me to sell all, move to the hills because he's coming back in uh, October 22nd. The the Bible doesn't say that, so that's obviously not from God. That would be a a bad example of that, right? Um, So hearing from God usually in my life takes place at the most unopportune moments. Usually God speaks to me when I'm in a dark place. When I'm in some confusion, when I'm looking for a reason why, God, you're doing this or allowing this, rather than looking for the revelation, right? How many of you look for a reason from God rather than seeking, God, what are you trying to reveal to me? And so it's those moments that I found that God speaks, and I can much more clearly hear him because I am so desperate to hear him. Can I introduce you to somebody before we get into the text? We are going to be in the book of Acts. I want to tell you about chapter 27 and 28. I'm going to try and do this in like four and a half minutes. So stay with me here. It's going to be a fast moving train. You want to get on and stay on this train because it's going to move fast. And then um, we'll get into the main text, which I want to be in Acts chapter 16. We'll go back to that in a moment. There was a guy named Paul in the Bible who had a lot of dark moments. 
He had a lot of places, I believe, of confusion, uh, opposition. He had people that were against him, absolutely tried to even take his life, threaten him, do anything they could to stop him. And what they wanted to stop him from doing was spreading the good news of Jesus Christ, that everybody can have eternal life. Jew, Gentile, slave, Greek, everybody can have Jesus in their life. Now, this happened because he was on his way. Actually, on the Damascus Road, he was on his way to persecute Christian people. He was not a believer in Jesus Christ. He was Jewish. He was a Roman citizen. He was a Pharisee. He had all of the... If he was in our day, he would be probably uh, very, very um, high up on the um, economic status, the uh, educational status of Harvard, Yale, got a law degree, a couple of law degrees. He's he's just engineer type. Very, very experienced, very, very head-minded, educational, top, top priority. So this was Paul. He was well-known. Jesus stops him on the road to Damascus blinds him for three days and says, Saul, what are you doing? Every time you do this, when you hurt Christians, when you throw them into prison, when you kill them, you're hurting me, Paul. And so that blindness came for three days, I believe, because God did not want him to be distracted from anything else, from knowing that this is the voice of Jesus Christ. And so Jesus appeals to his heart. Now, of course, everything's up to Paul. It's Paul is Paul going to step into this moment? And his name before was uh, Saul. Now God changed it to Paul. And on this moment, on this road, he makes a decision to say, my life is so messed up. I have so messed my life up. I thought I was doing something good for God. And I'm so far away. Jesus, I receive you. I know you. Long story short is he gives his life to Jesus Christ. Now, in that God spent three years with him. He had a personal, we have a, we have a discipleship program here called D12. You want to seek this thing out. It's a personal one-on-one coaching spiritually for a year with somebody to learn about how to walk with Jesus or help someone else to walk with Jesus. Paul had the Holy Spirit, man, for three years. Jesus in Arabia taught Paul because he was not one of the 12 disciples. And so in this moment, he caught the vision of what God wanted him to do. And it was a complete, if I could put Paul's life into one word, it was surrender. Complete, total surrender. Everything to Jesus. And so he did that. He submitted his life. And so God took him. The Holy Spirit led him from town to town, to city, to country, to area. All over the world, Paul went preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. All he did was wanted to share the love of Jesus with people. And he wanted to establish churches. And he would spend a few weeks in a place called like Philippi and Thyatira and Thessalonica. And he would raise up these leaders and say, now you guys are going to start these little house churches. I got to go and start the next one. You guys go and do it. And the Holy Spirit was a part of it. It must have been something so exciting. I mean, I long for the day when we have revival here. It has already started. But I believe God is going to make it into fruition In the days to come, I really believe that's in my spirit. Can I also say that it's just, I believe that we are so close to the second coming of Jesus. Because of what the word says, there are so many signs and and, and, um, uh, signposts, if you will. And there are so many things, this is another sermon, but I'll just touch on this because I just feel led. That we must be ready. Paul was always ready. From Saul to Paul. His name actually meant little. Physically, there was nothing, nothing amazing about Paul, but his spirit was so strong because he loved Jesus with all his heart. This is Paul. And one of his journeys, he's on his way to Rome. It's near the end of his life. He knows he needs to get to Rome. One of the reasons he wanted to go to Rome by ship 
which was the only way they could travel back in the day, was because his countrymen, the people, because he was a Roman citizen, he wanted them to know Jesus. And so his goal was, I got to get to Rome. But the Holy Spirit would stop him on his way, ultimately, where he wanted to go. Are you still with me? There's a detour. He gets on the ship with a bunch, 200, um, 276 uh, people on that ship. And they're on their way to Italy. Not for a vacation, not for a cruise ship, not a cruise liner. Paul's on a modern day, in that day, battleship. And there's a squall that comes up, a storm that didn't seem like much at the time. But God spoke to him. Here's what I want us to see in this. God spoke to Paul's life. And he said, Paul, I need you to tell the men on this ship we are, you are going to shipwreck. This is going to happen. There's going to be a great storm. The ship is going to go awry. And, but not one person will perish. Not one person will die. I need you to tell the men that. So that's what Paul did. He told the men. He said, you know, I think it'd be good, guys, if we just uh, went in the sandbar area and just kind of threw an anchor down. Because if we go any further into the storm, it's going to be really, really bad. And this, the, 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 the guys on the ship were like, nah, nah, Paul, you don't know what you're talking about. You're a prisoner on our ship. You certainly can't hear from God. Well, unfortunately, they didn't listen to Paul. They didn't listen to the man of God. And so as God was speaking, they didn't listen. And they ran awry on the island of Malta. Now, let's just take a quick look here. Those of you who love history, this is, this is fascinating to me. Look at this landmass in this area. Italy, which, by the way, my grandparents are immigrants. They came from Italy. But down here south, we see this little, see that little area right there. If I have one of those little red dot things. It's so small, you can barely see it. See it? Malta, obviously. But see how small it is? Yeah. It's teeny, 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 teeny little place. <laughs> and yet God's going to do something so big on this island. Now, I want you to just stay with me in this. The first thing I want you to see if you're taking some notes is momentum. Momentum. In order to be in a place where we can hear from God, we want to be in a place of momentum. We want to be moving forward. And that doesn't always mean physically, but spiritually. God, I always want to be moving forward. And whether that means I'm in the storm of life or out of the storm of life or going into a storm or wherever it might be, God, I want so much to be in the place of momentum, not always looking for reasons about why you're doing it. I'm the, probably the biggest, guiltiest person of this whole thing. I am always want to know, God, why are you doing this? Or why are you not doing this? And God says, sometimes you don't need to know. You need to trust me. And then Job got to the end of his life after everything that had happened to Job. He lost everything, not because he was in sin, not because... And all of his friends, remember, chirping into his ears? Well, you must have some sin in your life. It's probably shouldn't have married that wife and all of your kids and all these things that you're doing. And at the end of the day, Paul or, or Job even asked God and God says, you don't need to know. You trust me. But God revealed through that whole scenario have I got blessed Job's life even more than what he had. God wanted to do that for the people of Malta. I believe that. So, you, you still with me in this? They are on the shore. The ship is in complete shambles and they are now swimming their way to Malta. Not one single man on that ship has died. Just as God prophesied, spoke to the Apostle Paul. When he gets to the shoreline, 
He's building a fire, Paul says. Hey, guys, we got to gather around because it's cold. It's a rainy day. And so as he starts building a fire, a viper, a snake comes out of the... Most of you remember this, you've read it. A snake, or, a snake comes right out of the fire and it says it fastens himself to the apostle Paul. He just didn't get bit, it fastened himself. I, I, I can't imagine what that must have been like, but that must have been terrifying. Now here's... If, if, we don't have time to read all this, but if you read this, chapters 27 and 28, Paul didn't freak out which I'll be honest, I probably would have. It says that he shook it off. And here's what I believe he said in his spirit. I believe my God can. Why do I say this? Because the people, the men on that ship and the islander, the people on that island thought he's going to die. He's going to turn into a walker or something. Something's going to happen to the Apostle Paul out of this snake bite, right? He's fastened himself on. But because Paul was so confident and clear-headed and of spirit, so my question is, how did he do that without freaking out? (laughs) Because God spoke to him. And said, Paul, you're going to Rome. This isn't the final destination. Wouldn't it be cool if God laid out some things in your life? And that way, that way the things of today aren't going to stress you out because you know there's a tomorrow. Now, God doesn't always do that, but that's what God did for Paul in this particular scenario. Because he was listening to God, he wasn't freaking out. Now, there's a guy on the island named Publius. By the way, if you're looking for a name for your kid... I would not use Publius, but that's the guy's name. He hears the Apostle Paul just shook this viper off, and he is totally healed. So he signals for Paul to come to his house. As Paul gets to his house, Publius says, I got a problem. My father is really sick. I mean, really sick. Um, Could you do anything? And it says in the text, Paul prays. He starts praying. And as he's praying... He feels led to go, show me where your dad is. He goes into his room. It says that he lays his hand on Publius's father's body. He prays. He gets healed. He gets delivered of all of it. The people are so moved by this that it says every single person on the island who was sick got healed. That's revival, man. That's what I'm believing God for. I believe God can still do that, but he's looking for people to listen. He's looking for people to obey. Now, here's my question. How, how did Paul know what to do? Because he was listening. God said, move here. Go here. The ship is going to run awry. You're going to, enca- you're going to encounter a viper. It's going to fasten himself onto you. You don't freak out. You trust me. I don't know if it's exactly like that, but I believe in these moments that we've picked up here on these two chapters... God is always faithful to what he says. And he's looking for people who don't have it all together, who are never in sin, who never have a bad thought, who never are in places they shouldn't be. He's looking for somebody who's available to him to say, oh God, oh God, oh God, I want to hear from you. Use me. Now, isn't it interesting before we get to Acts 16 that the very same hand that the viper fastened itself to Paul 
is the very hand. It says that it says that Paul laid his hand on him. The very hand that was bitten, he's now laying hands and healing. Isn't that just like us? This is exactly what Jesus, oh man, you wouldn't believe what, what I've been through in my life. There's no way God could you, I, I've been divorced twice. I've, all, these, all these things, I, I've been in this situation. You wouldn't believe what I've, God can use whatever we've done that was so far off. Or maybe we feel like we've been bitten so hard. God can use anything for his glory. The very same hand that was bitten is the very same hand that is now healing people in Jesus' name. So the question is, when we get to the text now, how did Paul know what to do? Because he heard from God. And the second thing is, he remembered. There was a memory in the back of Paul's mind. Acts 16. We were just in Acts 27 and 28. Now, we're going to go to Acts 16. I think Paul... Not in an arrogant way. I think he was so humbly confident of what God was speaking to him and where he was and even on the island of Malta because of Acts 16. You ready to go there? Come on, let's go to Acts 16 now. Paul and Silas are having a bad day, a really bad day. They're thrown in prison simply because they were sharing the gospel. They were not breaking any laws. They were not doing anything immoral. They never doing anything against the law of the land. They simply were sharing the love of Jesus with people. And so the religious world didn't like that. And they were, pushed, they were putting pressure on the uh, Roman government to all of a sudden prisonize these people. And so now they're in prison. So it says in verse 6, we're going to pick it up here. We're at Acts 16. Remember 27 and 28? Paul remembered, this is just my opinion, Paul remembered Acts 16 and what's going to happen here so that he's learning how to hear from God. Hearing from God is not magic. It's not like all of a sudden we walk out and now we hear from God all the time. It's a process of learning, but I got to put myself in a place, we, you, I, together, put ourselves in a place where we want to hear God. All right, here we go. Next, Paul and Silas traveled throughout the area of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit, remember we talked about, had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. Didn't mean that he wasn't going to go there. It's just Holy Spirit has a different plan. Then coming to the borders of Mysia, they headed for the north of the province of Bithynia. But again, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So instead, they went on through Mysia to the seaport of Troas. That night, Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, Paul, come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia. Notice Paul. He saw the vision and he obeyed. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. I'd like to change that to great news. Not just good news. It's, it's great news, right, church? We boarded a boat at Troas and sailed straight across the island of Samothrace. And the next day we landed at Neapolis. From there we, pre- we reached Philippi. Look at where Paul's going. All these places. A major city of that district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. And we stayed there several days. On the Sabbath we went a little way outside the city of Riverbank. Where we thought people would be meeting for a prayer. And we sat down to speak with some women who had gathered there. One of them was Lydia from Thyatira, a merchant of expensive purple cloth who worshiped God. As she listened to us, the Lord opened her heart and she accepted what Paul was saying. She and her, watch this now, she and her household were baptized. 
Isn't that great? Another one for Jesus, right? And she asked us to be her guests. If you agree that I am a true believer in the Lord, watch the humility here. If you think that it's okay for me, I would like to do this. Come and stay at my home. And she urged us until we agreed. One day, as we were going down to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. She earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. Just as a side note, don't ever go read tarot cards. Don't go down to psychics. Don't do that stuff because the the Bible says the secret things belong to the Lord. Once we start opening those doors, the enemy can get a foothold and start to grab onto that stuff and he starts to mess with us, right? So she followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are most high servants of the most high God and they have come to tell you the way to be saved. How annoying is that? And so what did Paul do? This went on day after day. I'm going to add after day and after day. Until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon, What? The demon within her? Yes. Are some people possessed? Yes. Don't be looking for everybody. Not everyone is, but certain people can be. And so that's what he uh, identifies. How did he know that? Because Paul's a listener. He's a man of prayer, and he's always listening to God. I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And instantly it left her. Her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered. Now they're ticked off. So she grabbed Paul, or they grabbed Paul and Silas, and dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. The whole city now is in an uproar. Why? Because of these Jews. Why? Because they had just taken away all their livelihood of this slave girl that was supposedly telling the future. And they shouted to the city officials, they are teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. And a mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas. Look at all this happening. Now there's a riot. There's a mob. We don't know. Could have been thousands of people. And the city officials ordered them to be stripped and beaten with wooden rods. And they were severe, not just beaten, they were severely beaten. And they went, uh, and when they, then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon. Notice the inner dungeon. We're going to make an example of you, Paul and Silas. Clamp their feet into the stocks. Now, you've probably heard, nothing good happens after midnight. Not always true, right? About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying And singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. Why was he going to commit suicide? Because if you were to ever let a prisoner escape, you would be executed right on the spot. He knew that, and he said, I better just take my life. It's over. Well, watch this. But Paul shouted at him, stop! Don't kill yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul. And so why would he run to their feet and tremble? Because he knew, the jailer knew, there's something. This wasn't a normal earthquake. This wasn't some weird phenomenon. This definitely was from God. Paul and Silas are in the middle of a prison cell in the stocks, right? Can you imagine? 
Then he brought them, ass, brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you'll be saved along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with them and with all who lived in his household. Even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. Woo! I love it. Another one for Jesus, right? He brought them into his house and set a meal before them. And his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. Amazing. You mean in the middle of this cell, in the middle of this storm, on the island of Malta, in the middle of in a prison cell, not knowing where our next day, we even see the light of the next day. You mean God is in the middle of all this and God can speak? Uh-huh. Let me just share with you about Paul's life of prayer. Why I think Paul was able to hear from God. Philippians 1, 3, and 4. Paul says, I thank my God every time I remember you and all my prayers for all of you. I pray with joy. Colossians 1, 3. We always thank God when we pray for you. Colossians 4, 2 says, we were wrestling in prayer for you. Romans 15, 30 through 33 Join with me in my struggle. You mean their struggle in prayer? Yeah, sometimes. By praying to God for me. Paul is asking for his people to pray for him. I love this. 2 Corinthians 1, 10 and 11 says, He, meaning God, will deliver us. And as he brings us help, even through our prayers. Philippians 1, 19 and 20. I know through your prayers, God will deliver me, he says. In 1 Thessalonians 5, brothers and sisters, pray for us. 2 Thessalonians 3, 1 and 2, pray for us that the message of Jesus would spread rapidly. I don't remember seeing any of Paul's prayers that he said, get me out of this situation now. Get me out of this prison cell now. Get us out of these stocks. God, if you deliver us from this, we could preach the gospel to more people. He doesn't say that. Paul says, Lord, if you need to use this, You can use it, Lord. I'm here because I'm a servant of yours. And ultimately, man, the jailer gets saved. When does all this stuff happen? After midnight. Nothing good is supposed to happen after midnight, but there is in the word. So what do we do out of this? I remember when I was a little kid with my cousin. We, I don't remember exactly when days of the week it was, but I remember there were nights that my parents would bring me over to my cousin's house. Cousin's house, his, his name was Todd. And we used to take sheets and blankets and make this huge tent in the family room with you know, broomsticks and all this stuff. And the only reason we wanted to stay up late is to stay up past midnight. <laughs> now, this is back in the day before there were cell phones. So I remember seeing the clock with the AM, PM dot. We wanted to see the dot move from PM to AM, right? It's a big deal. Stay up till midnight. God can do anything at any time. And the first action point, what do we do with all this? You know what, Mike, how do I put this together? I get it. Paul was a man. I see in 27 and 28, in the middle of being in Malta, you still used him. He was a man of prayer. He heard from you. And now in Acts 16, he's able to refer back to that very moment and not get disheartened. How does he do that? I believe, number one, if you're looking for something to do, and this just, again, this is the last time I'm going to do this for a while, but because we're in the series. But for me, I got to write it down. If I don't write down my devotional quiet times with God, scriptures that God might be speaking to me, lessons I need to learn, people I'm praying for, I'm going to forget it. I have a short memory. That's why I think number one here, what would the Spirit of God be saying? To make a running list of everything that God has done for you. 
I am sometimes so dumb that I forget what God did for me last year. That's why it's so cool that I can go back and go, oh yeah, God was faithful then. Oh yeah, that's right. It's not just my stupid lack of memory. It's just, thank you for reminding me, God, to write this stuff down because I know you're faithful. So that's number one is to record, 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 record. Write things down. It's important. Paul did that. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He wrote things down. The Holy Spirit inspired him. There's something biblical about writing, especially things that are important. And the action number two is to keep a running list of all the songs that speak to your heart. I'm going to call these the prison playlist. Because you're going to need, you're going to need, I'm going to need, we're going to need in a moment when we've been thrown in prison or God's allowed us to be in a dark place and we don't have any answers and we got a lot of questions and we want reasons but no revelation. This is where Paul and Silas, did you notice when we read the text, it says the other prisoners were listening to them. Why were they listening? Because they were singing on key? No. How in the world? The cell that's all the way down the hall from where we are, down in that dungeonous place. There's a couple of guys in there singing. And it says the prisoners were listening to them. I think they were listening because they heard a little thing called joy that came out. In the middle of this, there is joy. In the middle of whatever we're walking through, we will choose joy. We will choose to trust and honor God. That's why it's so important for me, for you, for all of us. Some of these songs that our our worship team leads us in every single Sunday and prayer nights and wherever we might be, maybe in your life groups, there's time that you have just worship before you study the word. It's really important to keep a running list of the songs that really speak to your heart. One of my favorite ones is, God, we will make room for you. Because I just imagine making room for God, pushing away all the things that are distracting so that God can come into the space where he wants to be in my life. You know, I have the privilege just being able to serve God full-time is a privilege. And be able to serve and lead you is every day a privilege. One of the things that's not so much of a privilege but is hard to do is to be at those moments when someone is at their last few moments of life on earth. Yes, they're going to be in heaven with the Lord. Yes, they put their faith in Jesus. Yes, we're saved by the blood of the cross. Yes, we're saved because of Jesus' death and resurrection. But it's hard to be in that room where there are people that are sad and missing and losing somebody that they love. One of the hardest things when my mom was passing was to watch her memory start to slip away. It's just hard. I knew my mom was going to be in heaven. I knew she's going to see my dad again. There's no question because of what the Bible says. But when you walk into a retirement home and they can't recognize you, I know that's tough. But if you break out in a song, they remember that hymn. Great is thy faithfulness. Oh, God, my Father. When you start singing that song, I have seen people, all of a sudden there's a light in their eye and they are singing to Jesus. Songs are important. Music speak to the soul. 
When we have worship services, it's not a concert. It's not entertainment. It's not putting good feelings on us. It's to equip us so that when we're in the prison cell, we have something to draw from. We have that deep well to draw from that when we need to worship God, we're going to worship God. So I want to encourage you, pick out some songs. Make that prison playlist. Put it in your phone. Put it in your car. Listen to it at night. Because God is so worthy to be praised. Amen? And the last thing, momentum, memory, and mobilization to mobilize. He wants to mobilize you. He wants to use you. He wants to use you to bring somebody else to Jesus. In Acts 27 and 28, the whole island came to Jesus Christ because of one miracle, because they saw something different in Paul. In this, the whole jailer's family got saved. Lydia and all the people in her household got saved. She started a church in her house. God wasn't, it's not just good feelings. It's not just to make sure that I have all my T's crossed and my I's dotted in my spiritual life. That's all good. We want to be more like Jesus. But hopefully it's so someone else can see Jesus in us. One of the greatest things is our pastoral team here is to have some of you come up and say, can I talk to you a minute? And you're not talking about the Rams or the Steelers or the Cowboys. That's okay to talk about that. But what we get real jazzed about is, I just brought my friend here. Don't go crazy on him, Pastor Mike. I promise I won't do that. I promise you I'll be cool. I'll be calm. But I'm so excited for you that you would bring somebody to Mission Vale Christian Church. There's nothing better than bringing somebody else. And the jailer got saved. He wants to mobilize you to make a difference in somebody else's life. And the only way that we're going to see change in the world is a change of heart. And didn't it say in Acts 16 that God opened up Lydia's heart? Can God do it? Absolutely. We need to be listening? Absolutely. Keep a running list. Last one here of God's promptings. When he speaks to you, write it down. It's, it's not like got to get every word exactly. I'm just saying, if he's impressing upon you, write that down and put God's promptings here, God's watchings, because you want to be able to look back and say, yeah, God is speaking in my life. He did speak last week. He did speak to me two years ago. God is still moving. My question is this, how many jailers are out there in your life? And how many Lydia's are out there in your life? And how much they need Jesus? And through even moments where we are in the storm or we are in the stocks. Yes, God speaks. We can listen to mobilize us to reach somebody for Jesus. Wouldn't it be wonderful if one of your best friends came up and says, man, I heard you going to church all the time. What do I need to do to get to heaven? Hello. Oh my gosh, do I remember Romans? I got to remember First Corinthians. Just tell your story. Tell your story how you came to Jesus. And if you can't remember anything else, that's what we're here for. Father, I thank you that your gospel message is so clear that a child can understand. And God, my prayer for all of us here today, that we would, God, just have this deep, deep passion, this deep desire, God, to hear your voice. And God, we're not demanding or telling you how and when We just want to have our ears open. So help us, Jesus, to be better listeners at MVCC. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So that's all for Jesus, right? It's all, all God.
Interesting that in the book of James says, be quick to listen, slow to speak. God gave us two of these and one of these, right? And so this time of communion is once again an opportunity to be listening. God, help me to hear your voice. So in just a moment, the music is going to continue to play here. We're just going to give you just some one-on-one time with, with the Lord. So in the seat back in front of you, there's a small cup with some juice and some bread. We just invite you to come to his table and listening for him. You know, this might be a really good time of communion because I don't know if you're like me. I bring my list to God. Got lots of stuff. But maybe this is just listening.